Hello and welcome to One Up in Events podcast, the events industry podcast that shares event professionals' experiences of what they have gone through that has helped them one up in their events career. This podcast is a fun and informal way to learn from industry peers and I hope inspires you to one up in your career too. I'm your host, event professional and influencer, Nicola Root. My guest today is one that makes things happen. She is the warmest, supportive, friendly, badass event prof, Priya Narain. Priya is an inspiring industry voice with a passion for diversity and inclusion and supporting new talent. Priya is an incredible support for our industry. She has an amazing following and creating communities. She's one of the co-founders of Event First Steps, an initiative that encourages newcomers to join our wonderful industry. Priya comes from a sales background with skills gained from working both venue side and catering side and actually started the industry later in life when she transitioned from a career in the travel world. It has been an absolute privilege to get to know Priya over the last couple of years and I'm so excited to find out what experiences Priya has been through that has made her one up in her events career. So Priya, welcome to the One Up in Events podcast. Oh, thanks, Nicola. Thank you for having me. What an introduction. I mean, you're making me blush. I mean, I know this is a podcast, but if you could see me now, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's so nice. Thank you. Well, no, and I can't thank you enough. I mean, I remember meeting you a couple of years ago, and you're always just so warming and friendly and just a great support. And I know you've got an incredible community of following, and you you do so much for others, which, I, yeah, I think is astounding. So I'm really, really pleased to, to have you here today. So thank you. No, thank you. Priya, it'd be great to know sort of what the first experience you're going to talk to us about today, the first thing that has made you one up in your events career. Thanks for that, Nicola. So the first experience I would like to talk about is my route to the industry, which from conversations I've had with other event professionals, it, it, it seems like it was quite an unconventional route. A lot of people I've spoken to have either come up into the industry via studying events management at university, or if, uh, another familiar story is people that come into the industry by falling into it accidentally from a role that they've had, and it was been a, like a natural progression into an events role. So as mentioned earlier, I worked in the travel industry for almost 10 years and got made redundant as part of a mass cut cost-cutting exercise from the company so I think at the time it was about 2,000 people that got made redundant at the time Wow! and this gave me some time to think about what I wanted to do and what I wanted to do next and I know as event professionals when people say oh all you do is plan parties and I know people hate hearing that but I was actually one of those people that thought oh events sound glam it sounds great what a shock that was <laughs> so I, I did a course with event academy it was one of their diplomas and it gave me a real insight into the industry and and I was like okay I really like the sound of this I really want to get into this but because I'd already had a 10-year career so I was coming into the events industry much later in life in terms of my age my first role in the industry was with a venue as an intern at the age of 33 and I know when people hear the term internships it's normally associated with younger people or you know people like as a stepping stone, like maybe coming straight out of university, so early 20s. So being an intern at 33 was a bit of an eye opener, but it also made me think, okay, well, I've committed to this. 
I need to do this and I and I and I personally think that my entrance into the events world was very like here I am hello everybody this is me this is me this is me like I I made it a point to get to know as many people as I could get to speak to as many people as I could because I think coming into the industry later in life I think it was important for me to to make the most of it and grab every opportunity that I could so that's kind of what I did. And I think that's probably how we got to meet because it was just like, hello. <laughs> I absolutely love that. And not only is that like a one up in your events career, like that's just a one up in life overall. And I think that's so, so empowering for others to know. I think I love that because I think we, there's a stigma around, right, you go to school, you choose your path and that's it. I love as well that you're just going, do you know what? You know, I've been made redundant. Everything sort of happens for a reason. The universe has my back. What do I really want to go into? But I think that's really brave of you to do because not many people think, oh, I'm going to change my career. Are you just naturally quite confident, would you say? Or did it take a, a while to get over the sort of any imposter syndrome that you might have had? Or did you just think, no, this is me. I'm going for it. It, it did take a little while because whilst I got made redundant, I was actually offered another job within the same industry. And it was a bit of a battle for me to think like, okay, do I just accept it? And, you know carry on and just do this role and you know another couple of years or do I do something that I think will make me happy and not saying that I was unhappy in, in travel because I really loved travel I mean who doesn't love to travel <laughs> but I just felt in terms of personal development and growth I needed to do something different so the the stories you hear about the events world how people fell into it I fell into travel. So it wasn't something that I'd given much thought into how I wanted to progress in, in that industry. Whereas now being forced to think about it, it gave me the opportunity to actually really choose and think about, you know, what I wanted for myself. No, I think that's brilliant. Do you feel, Priya, because you had the travel background, did, did you feel that you had sort of transferable skills into events or you had a sort of base to start from or did you feel like you really had to start again from the beginning? Well, for me, it was actually quite surprising to find out that there were a lot of transferable skills. The travel industry is very much people-based. I worked on the retail side at the, at the start of my travel journey, so it, you know, general sort of travel agent, and you're selling people a dream holiday. So they're walking out of this or out of the store with just a piece of paper, but you've sold them a dream. And that's very similar to the events world. And, you know, I'll go into my next point, but I'm, I'm the salesperson in, in the industry. I don't really do the planning. So a lot of the, the skills are the same because you're selling someone their dream event and taking what they want and their requirements and actually being able to deliver on that. No, that's brilliant. It's so interesting. I didn't realise until I was sort of looking you up for the episode that you started later in life. I love that. I think that's brilliant and really, really inspiring. So thank you. I'm a big advocate for never being too old to chase your dreams. So, you know, you can be whatever age. Goals are always there. They're not like a goal that you have from young and it's one that is your forever goal. Goals change all the time and you're never too old to change them or to chase new goals and new dreams. Right. I love that. I know it's brilliant. Goals change because life changes. So yeah, that's very true. And I love that, yeah, you you know who you are, you know what you want, you go after it. I know it's incredible. Priya, what is the second experience you're going to share with us today that's made you one up in your events career? 
So as I mentioned, the first role I had in the industry was at a venue. So I was the intern. They loved me, obviously. <laughs> so they, they, they um, hired me a full-time role. And working in a venue, it gave me a really wide range of experience with the event. So I was doing the sales process, dealing with the clients, doing site visits, and then delivering the event on the day, making the arrangements with the suppliers, making sure everything ran to time. And I think as much as I enjoyed the role, but with it being my first role in the events, it really made me realize I didn't actually like the operation side of events, which a lot of people come into the industry wanting to do that kind of that kind of role with the logistics and the operational planning. Being in that role and having the full process of the events journey, I found my joy was meeting the people, networking, building relationships, which naturally led me to become a sales manager as opposed to an operational manager. So I then left the role at the venue looking to hone in on my sales skills and people skills, which led me to my next role with the catering company. I think when they first took me on, they were, they were very much hoping I would be a sales and operations person, but because I'd already developed and identified where my passions lied, they were quite open to me just being the sales manager. And for me, it was the perfect role, which they kind of made for me so they weren't really hiring at the time when they took me on but they were like okay well we, we can see you really fitting in with the company come and join us and I was like great and I was able to then tailor the role to, to what I enjoyed and it was exactly that it was dealing with clients you know creating the dream putting the proposals together more of the sales side that's where I'm at and then it just get handed over to the operations team so I think having that experience of working in the venue and having the, the experience of the different areas that you can sort of work at in events, it made me really realise the bits that I enjoy the most. I love that as well, because don't you find with some, some roles though, especially in events, you sort of get, you have to just wear many hats, you know, and just get on and write well, your sales this day, then your ops this day and things. And actually, I love as well that you were able to say, you know, this is my strength. So if you want to get the best out of me, this is what I have to do. But I do find some people do get pushed into roles where they have to just take on lots, you know, lots of different responsibilities. And I suppose doing that then, you know, equals in burnout, I think, for a lot of people. I think that's amazing, Priya, as well, that you were able to be open and honest and just say, no, this is my strength. This is what I want to do. And I think it is purely because I had that time to actually identify my skills. I think a lot of people that put on the different hats are still in the process of figuring out the bits that they like the most. I, I went into this role 100% knowing the areas that I, that I wanted to work in and, and the areas I wanted to develop. So it gave me a better, fuller understanding of myself and what benefits I could bring to the company, as you, as you mentioned as well. No, I think that's brilliant. Thank you. There's some really, really good points here. Thank you. I think everyone listening is going to just be really inspired, actually, as well. And just, I think it all comes down to, and maybe, I'm feeling inspired as well because I, I suffer a lot with imposter syndrome. So I love that you just know what you want to do and being true to who you are. And obviously it's got you where, you know, where you are today. So thank you. And Priya, what is the third experience that has made you one up in your events career? Okay, so with my third point, and I think I've spoken a lot already about my career progression and developing my career, especially you know, coming onto the scenes later and sort of making my entrance. I think this third point will be more about my own personal development. And I know for many and for all of us, 2020 was absolutely awful. And it has been for everyone that I know. 
but during this time it's actually given me the opportunity to work on my own personal development and by that I mean you know a year ago I would ne never have had the confidence to speak on a, on, on a panel I probably you know would have ducked out of talking on a podcast because oh no I don't think I could do that so being at home and actually being able to stop and take time and to just reflect on myself, on me personally, as opposed to my career and where I want to take things. It's actually been a great confidence builder for me because I've done exactly that. I've spoken on panels. I've been on podcasts. And with the a great passion, personal passion of mine is diversity and inclusion. And it's something I'm truly passionate about. And being able to actually speak about this as a topic has been wonderful for me because not only am I learning myself but it actually isn't is a platform for me to share my views and because of that I've done university workshops as well and as part of event first steps we conducted industry needed research on racial diversity which I think if we didn't have the time of that 2020 had afforded us that research probably wouldn't have gotten off the ground as quickly as it did or as soon as it did or to the extent that we were able to reach with that. So although it's on a personal level, it does obviously affect how I take my career because it's given me more confidence to put myself out there a little bit more. I love that as well. I would never know that you, you know, didn't feel confident enough to have, you know, go on a panel or join a podcast. I'm exactly the same. So I love going out networking, meeting people, but I don't know before 2020, when I before started setting my goals and things, You'd never find me on a panel. I was so nervous if I got asked to write a blog or, and I would overthink, overthink, overthink. But actually, I totally agree that even though 2020 has been awful, it has given people that time to step back and reflect on what do, you know, what do I want to do? What's my personal development look like? What do I need to challenge myself on a bit more? So that's so funny that we've both sort of gone through that path. But I, I never knew that you, you'd you felt that way either. I'm sat here nodding away at everything you've just said because it's so true. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I find it inspiring when I hear people like you say that as well. Because to me, I'm like, oh, Nicola's amazing. But, you know, and I think 2020 has also had that aspect as well is that people are being a little bit more open. It's like, okay. It really helps with the imposter syndrome when I'm like, um, what am I doing? And then you hear other people saying, oh, what am I doing? I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> and I don't know as well. And I don't know my coach would kill me for saying this. I don't not to put myself down. But part of me, again, imposter syndrome goes, oh, I'm only doing it because I'm in the comfort of my own home and I'm in my surroundings and things. But actually, when you're speaking socially or recording a podcast or writing a blog or on a panel online, you're actually probably reaching a lot more people than you would if you were at on a live event as well. I don't know, what do you think? What do you think? I did think that as well. I thought, you know, at the very beginning, I was like, okay, it's a lot easier because I'm just talking to a laptop. I'm just talking to, you know, a, a technological device. But when you think about it, yes, your reach is a lot more than what you would have had in a live environment. But and I think because I've been able to overcome that, I think, you know, when we do move back to life, because it's going to happen, I think I would feel much more comfortable being able to talk on, in, in a live environment now because, you know, understanding that what we're doing right now has a, a larger audience and, 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 and I'm doing it. <laughs> I just think it would be, be much more comfortable taking that into, into an alternate environment. And I think as well that because of what we've all gone through, 
I feel even though we are such a people's person anyway now in our industry, but I think because we've all gone through this sort of heartache for our industry, it's brought everybody together a lot more. I feel everybody's collaborating a lot more. And the support I've seen has been tremendous, actually, in the last year as well. Oh, completely agree with that. I have met so many people, and I say met in, in air quotes because obviously it's not been in person, but I have met so many amazing people in the UK, internationally, and I've been so inspired by them. But these are people I probably would never have met beforehand because I would have been too busy working or, well, I'm working now, but too busy, you know, out and about doing, you know, all sorts. Whereas the communities that have been created online with event professionals, you know, I know it's very cliche saying that we are a people industry, but this has really cemented how much of a people industry we are. You know, we care about each other. No, that's brilliant. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for joining today. Yeah, I've loved just learning a little bit more about you. And I think everyone listening will just take some more of that and just step back and think about what you want from this life and then just go for it so thank you so much for sharing all your points thank you for having me it's been so much fun thank you i can't wait to give you a big hug when we're allowed i keep saying <laughs> go for an espresso martini yes i'm up for that <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode of one up in events with nicola root i would love you to rate review and subscribe apparently it helps others know that we exist I'd like to thank my amazing editor and producer, Emma Reevely, my incredible social media manager, Anisha Meiju, and my amazing fiancé, Brooke Wanop, for creating music introduction. And of course, a massive thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening. It means so much.